Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, okay, so um, we just really felt like the Lord wanted us to kind of stop acts and um, talk about the parable of the sower, the parable of the four soils. And so we're, gonna, we're going to teach that. We're going to um, dig into that a little bit. But before we get started, I want to do something. Um, Lisa, Sarah, you guys are on it. Good. Okay. So do you want to come up here so you can show everybody what you have? Work and walk. Work and walk. Work and walk. Lisa's used to uh, Lisa's used to me. Like it's fine. Okay. Will you display that wh- what we have here? Now I'm waiting honey. for someone to start singing. Sierra? Honey on the Your no. name is like honey. I don't know honey that one. On the <laughs> Okay, anyway, we won't go back into worship. I know, I'm sorry. Um, Okay, so I want to do something today. I want to demonstrate. Is there anyone in here that's allergic to honey? Babies, don't give any any to River Joy. Okay. Um, So let me give you some background on what we're doing. So with the Jewish culture, they are very visual, hands-on learners. Okay, so we know, hold on, let me back up. Just in case nobody knows, Jesus wasn't a white guy from Holden. <laughs> Everybody knows, right? We say it all the time. We get it. We know that um, Jesus was from the Middle East. He was Jewish, and so they had very different cultures and belief systems. And why is that important? It's important because if we love this man that we serve, then we need to be able to understand his word. And without understanding some of his culture, then how will I ever understand this book that was written, right? So what we're going to do is I want to do a little bit of something that they did in their culture. So with the Jewish, they're very hands-on. They believe that the word of God is to be taken literally. Okay? They, they believe that you take this in, you let it change you, and then you do it. Okay? We believe that too. I think we just leave, believe in a little bit of a different way. So often, we'll go to this book to look for how can it, what can it do for me. God, I need a word from you today. So I'm going to, if you guys have done this, it's okay, but we'll get there. If you're like, it was it Bible roulette? What is it? Bible roulette, yeah. Luke 22, danger is imminent. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't like that one. Uh, I'm his favorite there. See, it's right there. Um, but so often in our culture, we want to look in this book. So what, what can it do for me? How can it? Um, how can I get a word? How can I change through this? And I'm not going to say that's bad. We should look in this for, for how to change and what to do and um, who to be. But their culture is more like, God, how can I see you in this book? How can I learn about you? What can I do for your kingdom? And so what we're going to do is we're going to do what they do um, in their culture because they believe that the Bible is to be eaten. Not literally, guys, don't take a bite out of my Bible. But they believe that we, we take it in, we consume it, and we let it change us. And 
what they do when actually the rabbis will go to the preschools because in that culture, um, eat, like they their culture is religion. Their culture is Christ or this Jewish, so they don't believe in Jesus. It's a long story. We'll get there. Um, but they they actually will have the rabbis come in and teach, and they they have this hands-on lesson, and this is something that they do. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead, guys, and we're going to pass out honey sticks. And I'm going to read some scripture while you guys are consuming your honey stick, okay? I don't actually like honey, so, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. You don't like honey either? Like, I don't. That's if gross. you don't like it, share it with your neighbor. Right, just, yeah. Okay, you'll take or it. Or put it in your coffee. Ooh, good idea. We used to have these here, but then the children couldn't handle them, so we don't have them anymore. Yeah, they were all stuck together. No, the kids were eating them all. Oh. Yeah. No, I meant the kids were stuck together. Oh, the kids were stuck together. Whatever. All right. I'm going to wait for you guys to get your honey stick. Honey in the rock. I'm going to invite you guys to feast on this word with me, okay? How do you know I'm supposed to eat it yet? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get <Kay>. seconds? <laughs> it's true. Okay. Hayden doesn't like honey either, weirdo. Oh. <laughs> All right, does everybody have their honey? Okay, that's okay. I have done. Mm. Yes, I do. Okay, somebody tell me. Come on, preach. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read this scripture, and I'm going to have some questions when we're done, okay, because we're in school right now. Y'all, you have to listen, though. Actually, close your eyes. Don't stare at me. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. We're feasting on the word. We're eating the word. We're closing our eyes. Close your eyes and imagine Jesus. Okay, you Ready? This is Psalm 19:7. Yahweh, which is God, okay? It's just Hebrew words, Greek words for God. Yahweh's word is perfect in every way. How it revives our souls. Yahweh leads to truth, and his way changes the simple into the wise. Yahweh's teachings are right, and they make us joyful. His precepts are so pure. His commands challenge us to keep close to his heart, and the revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Yahweh's decrees are trustworthy. The fear of Yahweh is pure, enduring forever. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why God's word is prized like other prizes, the finest gold. Sweeter also than honey are his living words. Sweet words drip, dripping from the honeycomb. For they warn us and keep us from following the wicked, giving a lifetime a guarantee, great success to every obedient soul. How would I discern this waywardness of my heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfishness. May they never rule over me, for only when I will flee from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, Yahweh, my only redeemer, my only protector. Okay. All right, you can open your eyes. What did the word say was sweeter than honey? The word. What's the word? The word of God is this. It's the Bible. It's scriptures. 
The Bible itself said, Yahweh said, that the word is sweeter than honey. So he's, they're inviting you in to feast on the word, to learn from the word. And now this scripture, Psalm 19, 7, whenever you think of the word, you're going to think it's sweeter than honey. You're going to remember the correlation of honey and the word. See how they do it? It's brilliant, right? Who's ready to go preach the gospel? Sierra, okay. <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, did anybody learn anything? No? Okay, we'll keep, we'll keep going. It's fine. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm going to move this out of the way. If you guys want to, oh, yeah, they have bags that they're going to come and collect their honey. Now, I, I'm going somewhere with this. We're actually talking about the word of God today, and Hayden, if you want to throw that up there. We're going to be going into detail about some things about the word of God. You ready? Yeah. You want me to talk about the parable of the sower? That's what we're here to do. Oh, okay. Okay. Who here has heard about the parable of the sower? A few of us. <coughs> hmm. Who here knows that Jesus spoke in parables? Not all the time, but the parable of the sower is actually, I believe it's the very first parable that he actually spoke that's recorded in Mark. You know. Mark, yeah. This mic seems really hot. <coughs> you tried me? Maybe it's where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. But Jesus teaches us a very important lesson in the parable of the sower. Yeah. It's the seed principle. The seed is perfect. We all know what a seed is, right? The seed does not change. And the seed has everything inside of it that it needs to produce what it produces. Just think about that. The little tiny seed produces a whole apple tree with an abundance of apples and an abundance of even more seeds to produce more trees. But what is it that determines whether the seed can grow up and do that? What is it? The what? Soil. The soil from which the seed lands. Oh, yeah, look at that. Thank you. Thanks, hey. So, yeah, the parable is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to be in Luke 8 today. Probably start around verse 4, verse 5. <clears throat> in all three Gospels, you can get different details to give us the full picture of what God is conveying in the Scripture of the parable of the sower. So why is Jesus giving this parable? 
Or what is a parable? Some of us might not even know what a parable is. That's a good explanation. Yeah. There you go. A story with a hidden meaning, with a hidden truth. Yeah. You know, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's beginning to draw large crowds around him because of his powerful teachings. And there's lots of positive responses. But at the same time, there's a lot of negative responses as well. The Pharisees, who were conspiring against Jesus, they didn't like what he was doing. He was coming in and tearing down the walls of religion and bringing forth a freedom that was unheard of in their culture. So that men began to walk around free from oppression instead of oppressing themselves. They were finding freedom in this gospel and this good news that Jesus was bringing forth. The Pharisees were plotting ways to get rid of Jesus, ways to destroy him. They were against his teachings. It wasn't all peaches and rainbows and walnuts. Isn't that what we say? Walnuts? Almonds. You changed it to walnut. Walnuts, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Jesus was going through the cities proclaiming the good news and bringing forth the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. He was letting people know about this truth that was coming through the Holy Spirit that the kingdom of heaven was here now. It's not a far off place that we're trying to get to. It's a place that His Spirit comes inside of you. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a place where we can live and abide from right here, right now. So great crowds are gathering around, poor people, sick people, intellectual people, you know, the proud, those who thought they knew better. You know, all these people are gathering around. And Jesus, he's in the midst of this, and he steps out on a boat, and he sits on this boat, and he begins to share the parable of the sower. A parable about kingdom living and what it means to live from this kingdom that he's speaking about. So I think I'll just read. You want me to just go ahead and read verse 5? 8-5? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. It's funny to me because he takes something like a parable. He'll take something that's so familiar with people but transforms it into a simple, relatable way for us to understand it. Makes me think of Corinthians one twenty seven. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 
a simple story to release a great truth. The simplicity of the gospel. Love God, love people, share the good news, and create disciples. All right, let's jump into this. Luke 8, 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk in detail about each of the four soils. And so I want to help this parable come alive to you guys. Raise your hands if you've heard of this parable. I know yes, but raise your hand. Most people have probably heard of this parable. <laughs> but if I was to ask you on the street as you're walking down the street and said, hey, what are the, the four soils? What are the parables? And you're going to be like, unless you've recently read it, <laughs> or unless you've studied it, you're going to be like, wait, which one is that? Because there's a couple different parables about different seeds. And we get confused because here's the thing, guys. I didn't even know. Like when I first started studying scripture, I was blown away that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were, had similar accounts. I was so confused. And if you didn't know that, I just gave you a sneak peek, okay? We, we see these different accounts in the, in the, in the Gospels. And, they're, and like Jason said, they're different every time. But I want this to come alive to you guys. I want, the bio, I want you guys to eat today and really, really let this sink in. So we're going to talk about the first soil. Now, this is the soil that is what Jason said. This was the, the pathway, the hard pathway. And it said that the seeds are... are um, sown on it, but the birds come and pick them up. And what we're doing here is we're representing hearts. If the soil is the heart, we're representing a heart of somebody that's heard the seed. Now, the seed was, has been tried to be planted, but this heart here is, is it's hard. It's not, there's no fallow ground. There's not letting that, that sink in, that letting that seed come in. So I want to give you an example. Um, and we, I mean, I, we see these all the time. How many of you guys have family or know people that are unbelievers? Yeah. Okay. We see it all the time. Um, and what we have is this soil, this heart that has a soil of they've heard the gospel preached or they've heard um, a bit of it. Or maybe you were in Walmart and you were like, hey, man, like, I, I know this is crazy and this is stupid, but the Lord has just given me a word for you. And I, I want to share this with you. And um, you had a dream last night and it, it was this, this and this. Is that right? And you're like, whoa, that's so crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, it's just a word from the Lord. He wants you. And you're like, ah, yeah. You know, I really just can't get on board with that. Like, I, I, I yeah, thanks. That was nice. That was a lot of fun, actually. But um, I'm just, it's just really not, like, I'm not really interested in that. And it's this hard heart of I'm not going to let that seed in. Um, we see that in Scripture. We see it in Pharaoh. We see it um, all throughout Scriptures with these hard hearts of people that aren't, aren't willing to allow salvation. They're not willing to let the Lord in. And whether it's maybe they've been hurt by the church, maybe they've been hurt um, um, by people, maybe they've uh, grown up in it and they have no desire, maybe um, they haven't. They have not heard anything about it, but they just hear about these weird Christians at the coffee shop and they're not interested. And they, they're keeping the seed from and, uh, planting, from ha having any growth. Does that make sense to everybody? Everybody understand the first soil. The end result is no salvation. End result is they don't get to know this Jesus that we get to know. They don't, they're not learning. They're not taking in his word. There's no growth. There's nothing there. And what we have is a hard heart. So we're going to call this soil the hard heart. 
Are you ready for the next one? Everybody following me? Easy peasy, right? Okay. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. So this is the second soil. This is the soil that is represented as gravel. And so understand what they're saying. There's a little bit of grass coming up through that, but it's going to wither away because there's no depth to it. And what I like to think that this is, is this is somebody that maybe goes to this really good conference. It's basically just weeds that pop up in the gravel. Right. In your landscape no and you yeah. got to pluck them out. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> um, so this is somebody that's went to this really good, like maybe it's a youth conference or maybe it's this really good conference. I'm not against conferences. I like, I like them, guys. I love them. Let's go. But this was where we went and this seed was planted and we were like, yes, I love the Lord. I, I'm all in. I want this. And then, um, you know, we go home and we, like, we put Caleb on our radio. We got the Jesus shirt. Like, we, we're in. We're all in. We're sold out. And then um, we're not really putting any effort. Like, we're not really, like, it kind of starts to wear off a little bit. Like, the, the newness, it's not as excited, exciting anymore. Um, maybe we start hanging out with some of the people that we used to hang out with. But, man, we're saved. Like, we, we have the Lord, and this is who I am. And then a trial comes. I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe you go home and um, your electric is off because you gave money to the poor instead of paying your electric bill, and your electric is off, and it starts to do something in you, and you're like, God, what was that? I pay, I gave the homeless money, I gave them my money, that's all I had, like, I gave them, I gave this to them, and now you're gonna let my light bill shut like you're gonna let my electricity be shut off like what am I supposed to do God and and you start to just kind of like let this fester and you're starting to let these trials because we know the word of God tells us that the enemy comes immediately for the word's sake so as soon as this seed was planted he was mad he immediately came in and was like no no no, no I'm not putting up with that and so we're we're not um, our soil isn't, or our seed isn't deeply rooted. We don't have this deeply rooted soil. And so we start to let these trials come in and it starts to bear this bad fruit. It starts to kind of show like how, how plugged in or how, how deep this, this seed wasn't. And I can tell you that comes from something, guys. That doesn't just happen over time. Like it's not typically this so slow fade, just like with all the rest of these. When we have things in our heart, like when we keep things like um, just an unrepentant heart of uh, unforgiveness or we have resentment, that's where these things kind of start to show up. And the enemy knows they're there. So whenever we're, we're starting to say we're on fire for God and these trials come, now all of a sudden these things that we have in there that we haven't actually dealt with, those are starting to come out and those are starting to be obvious. And so what we have here is we have a heart that looked like it was excited and a heart that was all in until trials came. And then we have this, this hollow heart that there was not a lot of depth in, that there was no, there was no faith. We didn't, it didn't go anywhere. The roots weren't sustained, and we fall back into our old life. And we, maybe sometimes we miss that, and it was a fun moment. It was a fun conference, but it didn't go anywhere. Okay, that's our second heart. It's our second example. You guys good? Okay, we're going on to the third one. All right, verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. 
So this one is going to be a little bit more detailed. So you see that there is still good soil. So if you see the picture here, there's, there's flowers. I don't know. Well, there's, there's, they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be um, grass. They're supposed to be. This is fertilized soil. It's this good soil. But we also see that there's weeds starting to come up through it. So it's not just the good things. We're also seeing that the bad things are in here as well. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I feel like this is the one that I see the most. Like this is kind of, if we're, if we're comparing soil to soil, like this is what happens the most because it's so, um, it's so typical with our nature of wanting and, and wanting more. So what this is going to represent is in, um, if we're looking at this parable and Mark, so I'm going to switch over. You don't have to go there. If we look at the parable and Mark, he says that the quickly, that the seed was quickly choked off by their anxious cares was one. The riches of the world, two, and the fleeting pleasures of this life. That's three. So we're going to go into detail about which one of th what these mean. And as we are getting to know Jesus more and we study out what his language meant, we're looking at this word, anxious cares, or, um, yeah, the anxious cares. It's actually, in Greek, it's two different words put together. Ancient, anxious cares is um, divided mind. So when we have this divided mind, that we have one foot in the world, one foot out, and we're, we're all in when we're at church on Sunday, we're so excited when we're around everybody else, but then when we're not, we have this divided mind of, of um, I believe that God is for me, like I, I, somebody told me that that was in the word, but I don't know if I actually believe it, because I have so much stress, we know here that we don't say that... Um, I have anxiety because you don't have anxiety. It has you, and you can be free from that. But when we're walking in this, I have stress. I'm anxious. I have anxiety. I, I, just, I, have, I just have this so much on me that I can't go in public. We're living this divided mind of, of well, I'm not actually going to do and walk out what the word says. I'm not going to actually believe it and take it in. Um, I'm going to declare with my mouth that this is also who I am, and so I'm going to try to live in both worlds here. And so we see that the enemy is going to have a heyday with that. Do you think that you're going to be able to sleep well when you proclaim things like that? No. We're going to be anxious. We're going to have nightmares. It's actually going to be keeping us back from the very thing that God's called us to because we're going to be like, I just, I am way too nervous to speak in front of people. It's just not, I can't do that. Other people can, but I can't do it. And so we let ourselves then not walk in that because we're letting that beast take the promise of our destiny. And you have to understand that's what's happening. The enemy is trying to steal the promise of our destiny when we're living in this, I'm too anxious, I'm double-minded, I have stress, I can't do it. It's just not for me. We're agreeing with the enemy and his power to kill, steal, and destroy. Then we have the next one, which is the riches of the world. So when I say the riches of the world, what do you guys think? Money. So here's the thing, money is not the root of all evil. I like money, you guys like money? Come on, yes, you guys like money. Money is not the root of evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's wanting money over anything else. But this passage here, understand that money wasn't like it was. When this was written, they didn't, it, was, it wasn't the same. They bartered, they um, um, 
traded. Like it was, it was a different kind of culture. Did they still have money? Yes, but not like it was today. And so this isn't representing just money. It's not just green stuff, okay? This is representing the love of anything that has, um, represents abundant in your life, abundance. And so we could be talking about um, a title. We could be talking about position, anything that you have abundance of. So maybe it is money. Maybe it's your cars, your homes, anything that you are, are have an abundance in. Because here's the thing is we think as a society that if we have more, the bigger that we have, the more important that I am. The bigger that my church is, the more that I'm important. No, guys, that's not how it works. The bigger that my house is, the more people look at me like we have it all together. No, that means the more money I spend it on my mortgage. But we have this mindset that bigger is better, and that's what he's saying is this is living in that, that soil of a life of I'm going to obtain more so I can lift myself up, but yet still have one foot in the gospel. Does that make sense? Okay. Now the third one is neither riches nor power, but it's everything else. And so it's fleeting pleasures of this life. And so what that word means, what they're trying to say is anything else. So anything else that you're putting above Christ, anything else that is taking front and center, anything else that is getting your attention. Because here's the thing is, it's not bad. Guys, I'm not saying it's bad to get a good job and work and have nice things. Like I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to do. I'm not saying that um, it's, not, it's a bad thing to to kind of move up in life and to, to have position and to have authority. Those are, those are things. Those are good things. But did the Lord say it? Did he tell you to be the manager of, the, of your company? Did he tell you to, um, you know, start your own company and be the boss? What did he say to you? Because that's what this is about. This is saying, God, I only want what you have for my life, only what you say. And so I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to work my way up if you didn't say. And so, God, if you said to sit for 20 years underneath somebody and to serve them, then I will do it with a happy heart, God. I will do it, and I will do it all for you, and I will eat my honey sticks, and I will enjoy the sweet word of God because it's what you said to do. But we don't. We want to throw other people under the bus, and we want to get there because we're like, we had this promise from the Lord. I, I feel like he said it. Maybe he didn't, but I can't stay here because I'm 30 years old now, and everybody's looking at me, and I can't just work a regular nine-to-five job. I got to be doing something that, that means something, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start throwing people under the bus that work with me, and that manager, I want her job, and so I might just tell on her, let them know what she's doing. That wasn't letting God be king over your life. That's not letting God say, let me raise you up. Like Tim always said, seed time and harvest. We have to let him do it. And no matter, it, there's not a demon in hell that can stop us whenever he said to do it. If he makes a promise, he's going to do it. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the truth. Okay. So the end result of this seed is a half heart. Did I already say that one? This is a half heart. This is so many people in life that haven't, they never actually got to walk out their calling. They never got to actually walk out what the Lord said because they wanted to do it first. They wanted to have both feet in. They said that, God, you're not doing it fast enough, and so I'm going to go ahead and do it for you. And we, we own a construction company. You guys know that. Um, and 
we've seen so often, like when we first started, um, we, we would have people that work for us and there's a lot of money that moves through construction, okay? So sometimes we'll get very large checks. Doesn't mean we get to keep it, right? Right. That <laughs> means now we have a lot to pay out, but it's very common for us to get large checks. And so if people see that, they're like, what? You got a $100,000 check? And we're like, yeah, and 102 is spent, <laughs> you know? So very, very, and if you're in this life, if Chris was here, he would agree, right? 122 <laughs> is spent. <laughs> so better go sell another job, right, Tim? <laughs> and so we see that, and we see people, Jason is, how long have we had the company? 20-something years. And he's worked his butt off. I mean, there was times when we were kids, and we had, I had, you know, five little kids, six when Trusty came along, and he's working, I, I'm not joking, 60 hours a week. Like, he wasn't home. And there was a time that I went to nursing school and had all these kids, and he was at a time. I mean, it's been nuts, guys, the stories that I could tell you of what his blood, his blood, sweat, and tears have poured into building this company. It did not happen overnight. But we'd have people come and see the fruit of what he put into this and want it. Like, at first, they're all for you, and at first, they were like, I want to come alongside of you. Like, this is so fun. This is so good. And I remember there was one time, like 12 years ago, we had this kid come on. We were excited. He was a new Mason. He was really good. And um, he got, he would come and stay with our family. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, and remember who I'm talking about? And so. There's he, been lots. There has <laughs> so been. I don't know which one. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say his name. But anyway, um, Again, nobody Whisper you know. It's me. been a long time ago. No, you're going to figure it out really <laughs> soon. Okay. So we, um, he comes, he stays with us for a while and kind of doing life with him and um, tr starting to trust him a little bit. And all of a sudden, like you can kind of see this jealousy rising up. Like the point of, kind of having a company, guys, is so that you don't always have to work really hard. But in the beginning, you do. And so the point was that, w that one day Jason could raise up other people and so that they could do it and he could manage it, right? That's where we should always kind of be heading. It doesn't mean that he still doesn't have to get out there and do hard things. It doesn't mean that things are on his shoulder, but that was the purpose. But it took us a long time to get there. But we, see we had these people that come in and they seen that and they immediately wanted it. So if Jason wasn't on the job site for hours and hours and hours like they were, there was a lot of jealousy involved. And so I remember there was one time um, towards the end of him working for us, he was getting like, there, we could see it working in and we could see this jealousy, we could see that he was wanting this position, this title, this, um, the name for the company, and his girlfriend um, messaged me and she was like, <laughs> I have to go into, like, I have to act it all out so you can understand how this, so offensive this was. <laughs> She's like, um, Tiffany, um, I need my I husband. I don't think you'd ever even met her before. Either. I don't think so either. Yeah. Now you know who I'm talking about. Um, Tiffany, I I'm going to need my husband home this weekend, and I'm going to need his check, too. And the thing was is that we had him working over the weekend because he came to us and was telling us how broke he was and how he, they didn't have any money. And so we're like, man, you get that job done, and we will put that check in your hand, but I can't pay you until the job is done because it's just the way it works, right? And so he's like, okay, I'll come out. I'll get the job done. We will get it. I will stay up late. And Jason's like, I'll do it right alongside you. But she's mad because she wants him home, and she wants the money. And she was like, he's your husband. Tell him what to do. And I was like, I don't think it works that way. Does it work that way? Not, not exactly. Uh, <laughs> not in that situation. <laughs> Depends on no. what we're talking about. That's when I'm like, hey, babe, can you think we can? 
No, but I don't get to tell him what to do. And guess what? Me telling Jason what to do didn't make that homeowner release a check any faster. And so um, I was not very spiritual back then. And I won't respond with my reply. So, um, but again, I don't know what that how that pertains to this at all. But well, it short, was shortly thereafter you found the Lord, though. Uh, about a year or so. How long did after that did we meet this you guys? It's been about it twelve later, years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit long. The Lord was working. He was trying to work on my own seeds. But um, just kind of like example of guys like we don't you don't we don't get to just step into this like we work towards it. We trust the Lord in it. And the Lord had a plan for his life. I think he is actually a Mason now. And like he does have his own masonry company, but he needed to he needed to dedicate time. He needed to put into that. He needed to spend the time that it took to get there. And I believe that he did, and so that's awesome. But that we're looking at this half heart of people that just want it now. They wanted it yesterday, but they're putting everything else before who God is and what he says. Okay? All right. So the next one is number four. <coughs> this is the good soil. Will you read us the good soil? And some fell into good soil and grew up and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. So this is the soil of the hearts that didn't do the rest of the things. Or maybe they did, but they kind of got their self in check. So these are the hearts that, that heard the word and said, I want more of that. I got to know what you're talking about. I got to know who this Jesus is. I got to know why you're so different. I got to know how you, the Lord spoke to you and told you that word. How did that happen? How did you know I had that dream? You got to tell me everything you know. This is the person that whenever trials came, it didn't mean they were perfect, guys. It didn't mean that they weren't like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they hit their knees and they say, God, what are you going to do? And he does it. This is the person that when the, the Lord calls them to this, they say, you know what, I'm going to serve. This is I could point the Lisas, the Dakotas, the, the, there's so many people in this room that are in good soil because they're following the Lord because you know what? They read this. This is the only way that we know how to have the soil. This doesn't just come because somebody told us. They, ha they let that word, that seed is the word of God. They're letting it implant. If you want to know how not to be anxious, it's in here. It's the only place I can tell you all day long. But let me give you a secret. Let me see if it's in my, this one. This is not my actual Bible. Where's my Bible? This is not my actual Bible either. So frustrating. None of these Bibles. Maybe your Bible. But you can actually look in the back of some Bibles and look up a word of what you're feeling. And if it says anxiety, look it up, and it will show you 20 different verses if you're dealing with anxiety. That's how you come overcome anxiety. If you're struggling with your marriage, look up marriage. It will give you scripture of what it looks like and how a wife should, a husband should love his wife and vice versa. It's only in this book that that seed is going to be nourished and it's going to grow root and it's going to be fruitful. This is a whole heart. Okay. So if the word is the seed and the heart is the soil, then Jesus is instructing us how to do this ourselves, how to apply it. So, so my question. What, what's the word? Just what yep. is it? the seed and the seed is the the oh. word and the word is the what the truth literally the bible the yeah. revelation of jesus everything you'll the ever need to know the revelation of jesus yep 
Who knows John 1? One. Say it loud, please. The Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word's always been, and it always will be. And the Word is living inside of us. And he's given us his word right here to see ourselves rightly inside of it as like we're looking into a mirror. To see our right standing with our Father in heaven. Man, where's Uncle Mark when we're preaching on the word? Like, he's the word guy. And he's usually <laughs> like, how do we do it? Where's, where's that guy at? Him and Karen are on vacation. Oh, good. Good. Kind of. So, I, heard, I read this quote that I want to share. It said, I want you to clearly understand that the fault did not lie in the suddenness of their conversion. Many sudden conversions have been among the best that have ever happened. The problem was not their sudden growth, but their lack of depth. It's not a gradual loss of interest, but a collapse under pressure. I think so many of us can say that we love the Lord. And when we first meet the Lord, it's expected that we don't actually know how to walk this out. I think it's normal. I think it's like, this is heavy, so we, ha we come alongside people that, that, do, that can help us. Or we change our, our interests, our, our activities. We, we, we are around people that, that love the Lord. But the one thing that I want to make sure is clear is without reading this, without taking it in and eating it, it's, you're always going to fall under the other soils eventually. You have to read it. You have to let it change you. You have to take it in. But listen, I'm not trying to like, con listen, this isn't me trying to convince you because it's like, uh, you know, if I, tell, if I tell Jace, clean your room, you know, if I'm like yelling at him to do all these things, what does that make you want to do, son? I'll do it. Good answer. He actually said, I'll do anything for you, mom. All right, bud? Yeah. Right. But I'm not trying to, like, this isn't me getting on to you. This isn't me saying, read you. Like, this isn't just, wah, 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 like the Charlie Brown. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Fall in love with it. And I'm hoping that I'm encouraging you to do that. All right. Would you read Luke 8, 9? You guys doing good? One person in two people are. That's amazing. Okay, good. <laughs> the disciples wanted to know what he meant by this parable. Okay. So the disciples, his friends, the ones that are walking with him are like, if this is the beginning, and they're like, I don't understand, God. I don't understand what you're saying. Can you help us understand this? So the Greek word for parable is parabole. That one's a fun one to say, and I'm probably not saying it right at all. Where's Jamie's sister when we need her? And Jersey, dang it. How do we get her here? Dang it. <laughs> Put her on speaker. So it means illustration, comparison, figure of speech, but this one's my favorite. It means to stimulate intense thought. Guys, this is the purpose. He's trying to make us think outside of our boxes that we've put ourselves in. Hi, John. He's trying to get us to think about, he's trying to say, hey, guys, boys, I want you to think about what it is that I said. If God just came in and told you everything that you ever, ever were, were supposed to do in the future, 
would it make as big of a it what? It, uh, amen. Yeah, do that, Lord. <laughs> well, we would we we would try to do it on our own, right? If the Lord was like, you're going to be a missionary to Africa, the first thing we would do is when we graduated high school, we'd be getting our passport and going to Africa. But we didn't have any time to learn about him to what are we going there to do what was it that god wanted us to do before that so that we could bring it to them it's not about us it's about him hmm. right or we'd be scared yeah right like that ain't gonna happen no thanks so in luke eight ten, he says you have been giving given a teachable heart to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of god's kingdom but to those with a listening heart, my words are merely stories. Even though they have eyes, they're blind to the true meaning of what I say. And even though they listen, they won't receive full revelation. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a key to unlock everything. But you have to understand this one parable to understand the rest. Get this one first, guys. Sit down. Think about it. Spend some time with me. Get this one first so that you have a key to unlock all of the rest of them. One of my very favorite scriptures is Proverbs 25.2, and it's, it's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. And if you guys know me, that is how I live my life and how I feel like God is calling us all to live. That we can go every day of our life just saying that we believe in God, but never actually search out who he truly is, to, to dive into this book. And do you know how many times I hear people say, I've tried to read it. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Read it some more. I, I try, and I open it up, and I'm in Leviticus, and it's just not making any sense to me. Well, that's your problem. Fall in love with Jesus. I love Leviticus, actually. Like, I love all of Yeah, Exactly. Open it up. Nobody's telling you, read. What? You don't look? Absolutely no. did it. Didn't like any of the Old Testament 10 no. years ago, did I? It's like, this, I don't need any of this. And yeah. if that is you and you need an idea on where to start, you know, jump into the New Testament. Don't worry about the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament and brought forth this new covenant that we're living in now. Yeah. You know, get in the Gospels. You know, I try. I actually prefer to go to Colossians because that really speaks on our identity and who Christ has made us to be. What's your favorite, Lisa? Where A lot of people What's say jump into John. Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians is good. What? James. James. What's your favorite, Tim? All of it. All of that. I know. <laughs> I couldn't answer it either. Right. They're so good, right? But if you've never jumped into the Bible and read the Bible, jump into the New Testament because it is like a treasure hunt. It's full of treasure for your mind, will, and emotions to catapult you into a life that you've never experienced before, into a greater life, a kingdom mindset. It changes your world perspective on who you are and what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. It changes your whole life. It empowers you to be free from the world, to live in, as one with the king of kings, the king of glory, the one who created all things. There's freedom in it. 
if you're trying to read and you're struggling, don't remember that, or please remember <clears throat> that we're, we're one with Jesus. In James, he calls us to, if we lack wisdom and understanding, to, to ask. So you're reading it with him. He's right there with you. If you're lacking and not understanding something, ask him and he'll reveal things to you. And maybe not right then. Like, I mean, we're such an instant society of like, I'm reading it. I want this revelation. You ha I have to get it. Maybe God wants you to walk it out. Maybe you're supposed to go and do and be and walk out the word of God. Because that's the thing is this word, this book is alive and active. But I also have to, like, it's not about this actual, like, physical book. Like, if, if this got stolen or lost, which I have lost them, it's okay. Because guess what? I can find my Bible in my phone, and I use it often. Come over here. We have several. I can borrow Jason's. Like, I can get this anywhere, really. It's, it's America. We can find a Bible. Any hotel room. Yeah, do what? Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, what a blessing. We were in a foreign country one time, and somebody stole their Bible. I'm so sad. But I had yeah. a dream that it was going to happen, so I was prepared for yeah. it. So it was fine. But, I mean, it was obviously somebody that wasn't able to get a hold of a Bible, you know, but they knew the treasure that was inside of it. That's what we're hoping. <laughs> I know it was. It better have been. It, it, it was. But understanding, too, that... Why else would somebody steal the Bible? Right, yeah. Why else? It was highlighted. You know, there are many countries where you cannot get one of these. Where they're yeah. smuggled into the country. I don't know. What, and, I don't and, think the, and where I we don't were. Know what I heard Melissa say, don't say it, so don't say it. <laughs> and where this happened, a lot of the people that worked where we were were all from foreign countries. But then they couldn't read it, but I'm hoping that that's what it was. That you can nowadays with your phone. True. There's translators that'll read it for you. Yeah. They didn't have houses, but they had phones, <laughs> did they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. Um, but this, this book is alive and active, and you can read that in Scripture. You, can, you hear people say it, but understand that this is not a book that you'll finish. You'll not finish it. This isn't let me open up and, and start from Genesis to Revelation and be done. This is a book that you will read for your entire life. And every time and every season, you're going to find something new. You could read the book of James a hundred times and find new revelation. You only get that from something that's alive, guys. This is a book that's alive and it's active and it's waiting for you to open it. And here's the thing is I love the voice of God. Like I, I love to hear what people say that the Lord said. I love the prophetic. I love healing. I love deliverance. I love inner healing. I, like, I love all of the things that involve the voice of God. But the, if, the, if, if the voice of God contra like, contradicts what the word of God said, then it's not for you. Because your value of scripture has to be higher than, um, I don't want to say higher than the voice of God in the, in the sense that one is more important, but this should back up anything that anyone ever says. So anything that I'm saying today, you should be able to find it here. Do that. Find it. Don't disbelieve me. But also with the understanding, and God kind of wrecked my heart this week as I was walking through some things, and um, sometimes it's hard to be a person. <laughs> and um, I was really, really battling with um, something that I was seeing uh, or maybe not seeing. Like I wasn't seeing this person get healed, and I was really battling and I started thinking of like, well, of all the different ways that I've seen people do it or all the different things I've heard and then battling with, well, like, but the scripture, that's not what the scripture says. And so I'm battling with this in my mind. And 
Lisa was kind of walking alongside me with it too, and she was like, you know, I just don't get it because the Bible says that, you know, the demon possessed or like that Jesus casted out the demons. He didn't, it didn't not happen. That's what he did. He didn't say that there was schizophrenia and that he couldn't. He said that he cast the demon out. And walking this out and saying, yeah, 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 I believe that. And then I just heard, um, I heard this sermon and somebody said, if your theology contradicts the word of God, then you believe in a man-made doctrine more than you believe in the word of God. And I stopped and I was like, dang it, (laughs) dang it. Because how easily we can hear things and want to run with that and how easily that we can not see something happen and say, well, well, I'm not going to say that the Bible isn't real, but I, I'm just going to say, like, maybe that's, maybe I did misunderstood it. How easily we can, we can try to cover up what we believe, what we read and believe, and say, well, maybe that's not for today. But if God said that we can cast out demons, then we cast out demons. If God said, if his word said, lay your hands on the sick, then I'm going to do it. I don't, it doesn't matter. He gets the part of the healing, right? He gets the part of setting the person free. He gets the part and the glory of all of it. He just called me to do it. And my, if my doctrine doesn't line up, what I believe, what I've, what I've, what I've studied and what maybe I've been told doesn't line up with what this says, I've got to throw it out the window. And I know it's hard. I know it's so hard to say, but it doesn't look like that. That's not what I'm seeing right in front of me. I'm not seeing my, my, fa- my finances. I'm broke. But the Bible says that if he cares for the birds, that he cares for me more. But I'm not seeing it in the natural. It's hard. But what are we going to choose? The Bible says choose this day. Which, which one? Do we believe the word of God? Do we trust him to walk out this promise? Or do we just collapse under this pressure of, well, I'm broke and he's not coming through and why do I even believe anyway? Right. Yeah. Wow. And I've heard that a lot. Like, what's, why? I don't know. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. Listen, God healed differently in the scripture. He healed people differently every time so that we wouldn't try to pick up a, a, a pattern or, or um, um, a template. Like, you don't get to do it because he's the one that does it. And he gets to do whatever he wants to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because he tells us. Like he's saying that's for kings to do. That's what parables are about is to search and to know him. If, we, if it was easy, would we do it? Like if I had a million dollars in my bank account, would it have been so easy to believe for a building next door? No, because I would have just bought it. I bought the whole town. I'll buy the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course.
so good. Same seed, same sower, but we have the choice. We have that. We get to do that. And that was kind of how we're talking about um, with seed time and harvest. I know whenever, again, construction, because that's like where we come from. Um, I always tell Jason to warn women homeowners that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Because we're the ones that are like, I still haven't done that. You should do that. (laughs) Tell Amanda to send out an email. (laughs) What? (laughs) Right. It's going to get worse before it gets better because it does. Like everything's (laughs) tore up. Everything looks awful. And they come out and they're like, what did you do to my yard? And now if we would have warned them. If you'd read our agreement, it's all in there. <laughs> what were you going to say? Seed time and harvest. Seed time, harvest. Seed time, harvest. What were you going to say, Julie? That's good. Yeah. He lived, by the way. Martin Luther said, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. And I know that that's so true for me, that just as I was saying, I was even wrestling with, God, this isn't making any sense. God, I don't understand why this isn't happening. And if I choose to get in this, and I replace this with any thought of um, doctrine or any man-made theology how to do it, then I know that it confirms that in my heart. Um, yeah. But it's, it's like, uh, we, you know, we never truly find out what can happen if we just let go fully and trust God. This is the answer for how you succeed as a believer, period. And in, in Mark, 4.13, he says, if you don't understand this parable, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving the scripture for anybody that wants to look it up. Mark 4.13. If you don't understand this parable, you won't be able to understand any other parable of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And that's why in Mark, he made it the first parable. But this is the answer that every Christian asks, but we're too scared. Just, I'm gonna, we're too scared, we're too lazy, mm-hmm. and we're too fearful 
to be obedient to it because what it means is you have to put God in a place where you don't have a second option. That's why in countries, like you mentioned, they're so desperate. They don't have a second option. When I go on missions trips, this ain't about me because I can, when he goes on missions trips, when, when we go on missions trips, I can only speak for my experience. That's why I say when I go on a missions trip, I'm talking blind eyes, deaf ears, people throwing their crutches away, every form of miracle you can imagine, church after church after church after church after church. And then you come back to the American and you want to throw up when you come to a church service. I'm being, I'm being honest, a little hard. I can make it a little nicer. It, it makes you uncomfortable when you come back. No, it makes you angry, and it makes you angry at yourself, too, because you realize you've played a part in the system that has helped keep Christians from finding the power of God in their personal life. And I'm not, I can't go on forever. I can preach about this. But my point is saying, when there's no other option, we have too many options. The reasons miracles happen there is because they can't go to their doctor. They don't have five doctors. They don't have all this stuff. They have no option and you come and tell them Jesus paid for your sickness and they are desperate and they say I'll take it if it's real then you lay your hands on them and they receive it in America you come back and the church itself fights about whether God can or will release some kind of powerful work in someone's life the church itself is is at odds with itself that which is Satan's plan to keep our soil very rocky Most of us don't even pass the rocky soil if we really look into it. But when we don't have an option, man, there's no other option. Because in your own personal life, think about if you were to get sick tomorrow, what are your options? And if God and the word and standing in the face of it isn't the only one you have, you're not in the good soil. And I don't mean this to condemn anybody. And, and, and listen to me, you don't get there seed, time, harvest. Oh, Pastor Tim said, I got to do this. You'll probably die if listening to that. <laughs> what I mean by that is they talked about all the time and effort it took for them to put in their business and the, the work that went behind the scenes and people come along now and go, oh, hey, yeah, you got this check, you got this job, you, oh, you're doing a million-dollar project, ooh. Not seeing everything it took behind the scenes and how many times they literally... The curses he had to break off his life that he hasn't maybe shared that were spoken over him about destruction and despair and poverty over their lives that had to be broken through time, the word and effort. And the only reason I'm still saying this is because I don't want anybody to misunderstand. You can't just decide today, I'm going to be in the good soil. And then you're in the good soil. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes, it takes, you have to dig deep like our sister was talking about to get down your roots, go down deep to where the storms blow, but you aren't shaken. And the, the roots that get dug aren't in, in building, rela- I don't want to go down that whole road, but it's in building a deeper relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit and being obedient, putting the word in, being obedient, and then standing standing and if we can take a step when it there when you have other options but you know God has told you to do something that sounds insane but you stand in that place in spite of other options you're in a good place to see God begin to move in your life yeah and it's a choice we get to choose it we have to choose him 
good. It's a good word. What? Oh, you better give her the mic. What'd you say? I said the good soil, and I'm not a farmer, so if I say it wrong, let me know. <laughs> but it's constant working the working the land, tilling the soil, pulling the weeds, breaking yep. the rocks. Amen. It's not once and done. Yep. Nope. It's not once and done. It's oh, I'm I've arrived. Right. It doesn't work like that. It's right. constant tilling the soil, working the land. Yeah. It's an every day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's every day. <laughs> yes. Yes. But listen, you have to be in the fire to know how to overcome the fire. Like we have to walk through trials to be able to know how to get out of it. I, I, I can't have good soil if I haven't walked through something hard to be able to say that I can overcome these trials. So, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say welcome and ask for trials. I'm saying when they come, what can we learn? How do we walk through it? Who are we choosing and what are we choosing? not the word she wanted to say. <laughs> well, and well, you have to get in time to actually grow. Like yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Just like with our lime tree, it took years to get our lemons. They were lemons, our lemon tree. Years we watched this little tree not have, have any lemons. And finally, we started getting lemons. I don't even know what we're going to do with them because we don't. Nice. You, oh, <laughs> look, good job, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and All something, right. too, Tiff, when you were talking about how, you know, we get to where we don't understand why healing doesn't happen. We don't yeah. understand why certain things happen. We also have to accept that we don't know what kind of soil yeah. those people have that we are praying for. And we are, we are expecting things out of the seeds we are sowing. Yeah. But we don't know what soil that's actually landing on. Because even in the rocky soil, flowers bloom they and do. they're beautiful. Yeah. It's but it's last. still, they don't last, yeah. but it's still on rocky soil. Yeah. Yeah. But if I can get you guys to read this, then it helps with your soil, and then I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So. One little bit here, and we are almost done, guys. I want to share, I think that this is probably my new favorite word. Um, it is a Hebrew word, and it's segula. Probably saying that wrong. Segula. Say segula. Segula is the word that whenever the Israelites came over, um, and they were rescued from, the, from Egypt, and God, um, they were safe. God said this to them in Exodus 19.5. He says, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. And that word special treasure is the word segula. He's saying that if you choose me, if you keep my commands, if you stay in this covenant with me, then you will be my special people. That's big, guys. This is the God of the universe. This is Yahweh. And so if there are other names for other gods, this is Yahweh, the only one that, that put the stars and the planets in place that create all of us. Yahweh is saying, if you'll keep my covenant, I'll make you my special people. What a gift for the Israelites. What a gift that he chose them. But in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, speaking to Gentiles, speaking to us, guys. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own 
special treasure that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this light. And that word where they say special, special treasure is the Greek word that is the same as segula in Hebrew. And so what God is saying is if you choose me, if you put this, if you eat this, and you put this in your heart, and you press in and you say, God, I want all of the things of you even if they make, don't make sense. And if you guys choose, God, I want the deeper things of you, that it's not good enough anymore for me to come and sit in church and hear other people, what they have to say about you, or to, to, or to even read really, really good books about the gospel. But he's saying, if you will make this covenant with me, then you get to be my segula. I'm his segula. I'm a special treasure. What an honor that we get to know and that we get to walk with the king of kings, that he, gets to, that he chose us and set us apart. This is really a bigger deal than you guys understand. This is huge, that we get to live and that we get to have our being in the one, that this wasn't actually for us, it wasn't originally for us, and that we get to be a part of it and in covenant with him. So I'm going to leave you with that. His segula, all of you, get to eat his word and to feast and get to enjoy it because it's sweeter than what? Honey. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, How do you feel about Dakota praying this out? I feel amazing. I really felt like you were supposed to pray this out. You mind doing that? Today we come before you, we've heard what you've had to say, read what you have to say over our lives. We thank you for the words that you speak about us and the way that we can find who we are in you. You've given us an abundance at every corner. We can find your name and your word. As we go out and through the week this week, I pray that we have the good soil and not on our own understanding, but in yours, that the birds cannot steal away what you have said. And as we go out, we, we just focus on being doers and not hearers. We thank you for your presence in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Okay, let me do announcements real quick, and then we'll go. Which always makes me sad to leave. Okay, so the first announcement is our business meeting um, for church family. We're meeting <laughs> Saturday, this coming Saturday, right? Yes, I think so. Um, we have lots of things to share, and our ministries are going to be sharing. This is going to be our first official, like, um, annual board meeting, and so really, really try hard to make it if you can. If you're late, it's fine. I'm not sure if there will be any yummy food left from Lisa and Megan because they're serving you guys, right? Okay. It's they're serving you. See how special you guys are? Like they love you and they're serving you. Um, so that's gonna start right about 5:30. We'll start eating and then we'll eat and work at the same time. So and you guys aren't and here. we want everyone so there. Yeah. Right. So even if this is your first time, if you want to come, come. Um, March 17th is our baptism. If anybody knows, um, kiddos or anybody is wanting to be baptized, that's coming up March 17th. Um, just get a hold of me if that's something that you're interested in. It's exciting. I love baptisms. 
Um, there will be a light lunch afterwards. VBS, still don't have a graphic for that. I'm working on it. But that is going to be July 22nd through the 26th, and it's going to be so good. Like, you guys should see our message thread. Um, we're living it up in there. If you guys are not in part of VBS, you're missing out because we're having so much fun. We're getting ready to do a bake sale with that to raise funds for VBS, and so stay tuned for that information. If you want to volunteer um, with our kiddos, um, that's coming up too. Then the only other thing, and I don't think I have a graphic for this one as well, is we're going to be starting that. I don't like calling it a new believers course. I don't know what I'm calling it then, but it's going to just be um, kind of like a Christianity 101. I guess that's fine to call it. Um, to have at night, we're going to have it offered at nighttime, and it's going to be a course that we take throughout the year. So if people are wanting to know more about um, our church, our beliefs, um, and just kind of foundational truths about scripture and God and um, and who, who he is, then we're going to be starting that class um, in the afternoon. Not sure when yet. Once a month. We're starting sometime soon, promise. Um, and giving. And if, if you guys want to give to help pay the bills, then have at it. You guys know how to do it. Uh, in person, box right there. PayPal and Venmo. All right. Love you guys. Are there still donuts in the back? Eat them. Right, okay, thanks, Adam. <laughs> All right, we love you guys so, so much. Have an amazing week. We will see you next Sunday. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you, and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news, and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you, and God bless.